Hello and welcome to The Appetite, a podcast brought to you by Opal Food and Body Wisdom, an eating disorder clinic in Seattle, Washington. I'm your host, Carter Umhow, a therapist at Opal, an artist, and a writer. The Appetite is all about issues around food, body, sport, and mental health. Today, Opal co-founder Lexi Giblin, executive director, is here to talk to us about retail therapy. Um, we've talked a lot about body image here before, but this is sort of a different way of approaching that conversation. Lexi, mm -hmm. hi. Hi. <laughs> so glad to be here and talking about one of my favorite subjects, clothes. <laughs> so... Yeah, so at Opal, we've um, we created a retail therapy group where we come all come together um, with the clients and talk about the psychology of clothing, where we come with an understanding that clothing um, has many intersections, many of which are loaded. So, at the intersection of clothing, we have gender, culture, size, body image self-identity, um, projected identity, social signaling, finances, mm -hmm. and access to resources, to clothing resources, to, to name a few. Wow. And then for our clients at Opal, they're also dealing with potential body, body size changes and the gastrointestinal distress of, of what recovery can mean. So it's a complicated place, and we decided at Opal to go for it and have direct conversations about clothes and have a direct experiential around um, clothing. So what we do is all get together to talk about clothing from a non-eating disordered perspective. So what would that even look like? What does it mean to have a conversation when you're not thinking about um, thinness as your goal? And so we open up that conversation and look from different angles at the psychology of clothing. And then we go actually go out to the stores um, after that conversation and hopefully are trying on a new mindset as they interact with clothes and stores. Um, and we, as um, clinicians, will um, be there to pull um, clothing off the racks and cover up sizing. If the person really struggles with sizing, um, we cover up the sizes and they can try on um, items without knowing the size. And then we can later cut off the sizing from the item so that there's never a, a, a size associated with that clothing item. So you can no leave. Ever. Yeah, you you can leave with an item that you just, you don't know what the size is. So it, it, it pushes the envelope on a new way of thinking. Right, so to think about the clothing outside of its size. Unfortunately, not everybody's body is reflected in the clothing at all of the stores, right? So then sadly, a lot of times we have a few clients who are going to different stores than the rest of the clients. Mm. Um, so that is, I know from our client's perspective, that has been very othering and yeah. brings them this marginalized feeling when their their bodies aren't actually re reflected in the stores that we're going to. So I love um, Universal Standard in Seattle and New York, I think, um, where there are a wide range of sizes available. So people of uh, many different sizes can go together 
and shop in the same place for clothing, which I did with my friends the other day. Oh, cool. Which is super fun because we've never been able to shop all together because we have different body sizes. And so we all went down and shopped together at Universal mm. Standard. And that was, that was, that meant a lot to me. Uh, yeah, I hadn't actually thought a lot about the communal experience of shopping. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like to shop with other people most of the time, but I know that that's a really community-oriented experience. And to know that people that are friends like can't actually go into the same stores, it really does sort of mimic the real world in a really unfortunate, sad way. Mm-hmm. Um, And I also think that that's probably part of what the therapeutic work is in a retail outing like this is to say, God, we have such a flawed system around Mm -hmm. clothing and shopping. And how do we manage that anyways? So I would imagine that a lot of the experience of shopping when you're in a setting like that is trying to figure out how to adjust to your new body. Um, with clients in treatment, there's some adjustment around, okay, maybe I've gained a little weight. Maybe my body has changed. Maybe I'm less comfortable. Maybe I've lost a little weight. Who knows what's happening? But there's an adjustment and a change that people are um, figuring out who they are now. Mm-hmm. So outside of those thin optics, what kinds of things might be happening in a dressing room? Conversations, things that you're seeking out, mm-hmm. et cetera. I think what the what we do on retail therapy is basically two things. We one ask ask our clients to to take risks. So whatever that might mean. So it could mean that they have not been expressing themselves fully mm-hmm. in their clothing. Like they feel like how they're representing themselves in their clothes is not a representation of who they actually are. Or maybe who they are has changed and it's not reflected in their clothing anymore. So part of the work for for that individual might be trying clothes that fit how they identify and how they want to project um, and social signal to the world in their clothing. Mm. So that's what maybe we'd call mind the gap, right? So where we're looking at the gap between how we are now in our relationship with clothes and, and how we want to be, what we mm. want it to look like. Mm. I can imagine that in these different contexts that you listed earlier, having sort of different ease or different goals. So like around gender, if someone's kind of thinking about their gender in a really different way, they may be going into the store for a first time and wondering what the men's department looks like or wondering what it would look like to try on a dress for the first time or, you know, all these different things that um, definitely are minding that gap. Mm -hmm. Um, But I also wonder about sort of the the difficulty for someone in a larger body maybe not having as much of a choice around yeah. self-expression and the congruency of maybe who they feel to be um, and then finding there are limited resources mm-hmm. in terms of what clothing options are actually available. Mm-hmm. That would be that'd be difficult. So in addition to minding the gap, mm-hmm. um, those dressing rooms would be filled with shame. And in the retail therapy experience, we are uh, acknowledging body shame and encouraging people to go opposite to shame, which means showing yourself, mm-hmm. right? Because shame, the emotion of shame prompts us as humans to hide. And so with clothing, we're given all kinds of opportunity to hide 
um, you know, with that that baggy shirt or that um, that cow neck or whatever it is. I don't know, whatever <laughs> it is. Um, there's lots of options for hiding and covering up with clothing. So sometimes our clothing choices might be about an expression of shame. And so part of the work in retail therapy might be going opposite to shame, which would mean showing yourself more fully. Mm, I like that idea. Mm. I was also just thinking about how that could look almost opposite for some people Mm -hmm. where, I mean, I know at at different times in my life, I think I felt pressure to look really attractive all the time. And so I needed something that was really fitting. I needed something that was going to be, you know, kind of hugging my body and looking a particular way, Mm -hmm. sort of out there but I maybe didn't feel that way inside. Mm -hmm. Um, And so to let down the guard of, actually, I don't need to look, I don't need to wear something that makes me look awesome, that makes me even push myself into the front. Like, I just want to wear a sweater that's down to my knees. And like, I just want to wear something that is only about comfort. That can be an amazing point of expression as well. that, again, would look differently depending on someone's psychology, mm-hmm. those choices. So true. So true. And I think maybe a challenge for a lot of people would be not wearing any makeup, not doing your hair, and wearing the clothes you wore yesterday or the the sweatpants that are on the floor that were right there, right? That might be more challenging for a lot of people mm-hmm. to go out of the house yeah. without makeup on. You feel know? relaxed in that yeah. and empowered in that. Right, right. Mm-hmm. So it's going opposite to how you experience shame with clothing, whatever that might mean. Mm. Um, So those are, I guess, I would say the two main things we're doing when we're out with clients. I'm imagining like just the process and experience of looking at yourself in the mirror. And that is a really active process that needs to happen to go opposite to shame when you're looking at yourself and you maybe are not used to seeing yourself without makeup ready to go out for the day, or maybe you're not used to really looking at yourself in a bigger body than you're, you were used to at 25 or, you know, whatever it is, you're maybe avoiding something of yourself or hating something of yourself even. Um, that experience in front of the mirror can elicit a lot of shame um, so I'd love for us to talk through kind of like what what it really looks like to talk to yourself differently in front of the mirror, mm-hmm. um, whether that's in a dressing room while you're actually out shopping or at home about to get into the shower. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So what do we say our, to ourselves if we're coming from this different paradigm, right? Right. Um, a lot of, I think, what we do is just let ourselves even acknowledge that we're having the experience of shame or that we're Mm -hmm. feeling self-conscious emotions. So a lot of times it's maybe moved past quickly. So then something that you might do is let the shame or whatever the feeling is, like let it be there Mm -hmm. and acknowledge. I think a lot of it is just acknowledging this is who I am right now in this moment. And I also can't always trust that what I'm seeing in my mind's eye, is actually the truth of who I am physically. Mm. So I always um, have that self-doubt. Encourage a little bit of self-doubt in when you look at yourself in the mirror, because you may not be seeing that what others are seeing. Yeah, Carter, what about you? How do you? How could you see yourself or others talking about their particular body? 
well, as they see it. I, yeah, I just was thinking about um, my thighs, actually. And when I was younger and really struggling with my body and with food, um, that was the area of my body that got the most negative attention from me. <laughs> um, definitely have memories thinking about my legs, my thighs, and just really hating myself. And they also happen to be the kind of part of my body that I found and I think do still find the most troublesome when it comes to finding sizing. Um, just like can't find something that fits my waist versus my butt versus my thighs versus my, like, it's always hard. It's always been difficult. And so I think that the shame that I felt around that when I was younger felt, it made me feel like, oh, well, I'm, I'm a problem. My thighs are too big. Um, I'm fat, period. You know, this is bad. Like, I can't wear anything that's like, quote unquote, normal because I have to hide this part of my body or I don't fit in with the trends, et cetera. Um, and I just really remember the pain of being in my bedroom as a teenager and thinking about my legs in that way, went to great lengths to hide them. And I, I remember slowly moving toward some intention with actually looking at them with different eyes, um, and I'm noticing myself even speaking about it right now as a um, like almost objectifying myself, right? Mm -hmm. So looking at them, looking at my thighs objectively. Um, but I think that there was a turning from that objectification to more of a relationship. So noticing, okay, yeah, there's tons of cellulite there, stretch marks forever. That's okay. Like what is, you know, can we look at that? like stare a little bit was it for me um, helpful to not like run past the mirror or not just kind of like look and say, I hate you. I hate you, you know, and, and say like, okay, I see you. There you are. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, and then what? Now what? <laughs> um, so for me that, that meant slowly, yeah, sitting and, and trying to become neutral a little bit. Um, and then after that, maybe trying to accept like, oh, actually, I really love the way that my skin feels, or I love that curve, or I love this. Um, or intentionally saying like, okay, I don't I don't want to pay attention to how big my thighs feel, but they deserve just as much lotion as my arms or my face does today. I'm going to like give them a little massage or like mm -hmm. really pay attention to caring well for this part of my body. Um, so I think that that really changed the way that I was in front of the mirror um, in the dressing rooms later, where when I try on yet another pair of pants that really couldn't get past my butt, you know, it's like, okay, well, here we go. This is about the pants now. It's not about me. This is the pants' fault. <laughs> right. Um, and that transition ha was able to happen. I love that. That thinking about that the it's the the problem is the clothes, not right. you. I love that. Um, also, I can't help but encourage thinking about, you know, is it really the the thighs? Is it really the right. body? What's going on for you that day? Is it is there something that's happening for you emotionally or in your life that's that's increasing your focus on a particular body area? Yeah. I mean I would definitely say I wasn't, you know, I wasn't a happy teenager for sure. <laughs> I wasn't happy during any of that time in my life. Um so my body got kind of the brunt of that. For sure. 
Um, but I also can see like some different spaces in my life and what I would imagine for other people as well would be places where I've internalized a lot of messages about what, what you know, thighs are supposed to look attractive and, and mm-hmm. what aren't, you know, and what's too big and what's not. And um, just kind of taking in the messages around me. And so, uh, yeah, there's definitely that, okay, this isn't about my thighs. And also at the same time, um, for sure, a lot of internalized hatred toward fatness. Mm-hmm. So I'm in a body that is able to fit into most sizes in any given store. Um, but if I were in a larger body where there weren't sizes available um, that would naturally fit, I think it would be hard. I think it would be really hard mm-hmm. to figure out, okay, is this just about my emotion today? Is it also totally. like, yeah. yeah, how else How else do I move through all of that internalized oppression against the body that's that I'm in? Right. Yep. Yeah. And we start by talking about how to think about clothes differently. So we ask questions like, um, what is holding you back in dressing the way you would like? So a lot of questions that focus on you know, who, what do you want your relationship to be like with clothes versus what clothes make you look the thinnest, right? So it's just, it's pivoting the way of thinking about clothes. Just who do you want to be? How do you want to be experienced? And is that experience true to who you actually are? So questions like uh, what is holding you back and dressing the way you would like? And what do you think your style says about you? Mm-hmm. I don't actually feel like I have a very clear sense of style anymore. I think at one point I felt like I was really clear about that and um, was maybe even known for a particular sort of style. And I just don't know what that is anymore. Mm -hmm. And so actual, like, what do I believe this this piece of clothing makes me feel like or how does this make me come off to the rest of the world? Am I communicating who I am? That's not something I feel like I've figured out how to do in this new iteration of my personality and my own development. Mm-hmm. And I kind of want your help to yeah, think about. I would love like, to help you, Carter. This is fun. Yeah, and it's also it's it's fun because I also because I wouldn't have expected you to feel really? that way about your clothing. Yeah, so it's surprising to me. So it makes me quite interested. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> but so what I hear you saying is that there's a conflict between. Um, how you experience yourself and the clothing that you're wearing. So you feel like you're maybe miscommunicating something to the people who you are around when you're wearing your clothing. Mm -hmm. Is that right? Yeah. And I think also another aspect of it is miscommunicating something to myself. Mm. It is about maybe how others are perceiving me, but it also is sort of an outdated version of me Mm -hmm. that I, you know, I actually got um, a lot of comments in my last year or so of high school because I decided suddenly that I just was going to wear heels all the time. It's like 17, 18 <laughs> years that. old. I wore heels all the time. Um, and I I remember I was like sort of dating this guy a little bit. He'd always comment on how funny that was. And my brother finally told me one day, like, Carter, people are not going to think that you're as like flexible and open to doing whatever as you are because, you know, you can't just like roll down a hill wearing heels. And I thought... <laughs> Well, that's that's really true. You know, I should rethink this. Um, but there were items like that where I was just like, okay, I'm going to be the, the person in heels now. Oh. And I don't wear heels very often. I wear flats mostly. But now I've sort of feel like, well, is that that's sort of outdated? Like I kind of miss the the part of me that was 18 years old and wanted to wear heels and moved to New York City. You know, uh-huh. I uh-huh. and I 
did move to New York City and then found out it wasn't for me and I left. So I also don't know what to wear. <laughs> like it's just been a, very confusing. Okay. So <laughs> what is it that what is the update that you would like to see in your clothing? Like who's the updated Carter that's not getting oh. expressed? Oh, this is so vulnerable. <laughs> um I think that I like being a, a creature of habit. Like I am a creature of habit. I like ritual. I'm I'm not someone that's going to want to wear a bunch of sort of novel things all the time. I've always had a pretty small closet, but that has now turned into thoughtlessness rather than intention. And so I find myself kind of wearing like I wear almost this I wear the same shoes every single day. Basically, I'll pick a pair, run them into the ground for four months, and then find another pair and run those into the ground and find another. I mean, just it's sort of a joke with friends like, oh, you got you got your new shoes. (laughs) 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 This will be what we'll we'll be seeing until, you know, Valentine's Day, Uh you know, but um, I I don't have a lot of like sort of fluidity in that. And I think that some of my self-perception has changed in the fact that I want to be more creative and more – take more risks probably in my clothing. And though maybe I didn't – you know, wearing heels all the time at 18 was something that was a little silly in some ways. I'm ready to get some heels back on. I like tried to I'm from the East Coast and I, I just am like I don't know how to translate the sort of like West Coast and the East Coast part of me. There's a lot of identity mm-hmm. questions here. Yeah, right. <laughs> just, yeah. <laughs> okay. So then you have you feel like you're not being thoughtful about how you dress. Yeah. You're not it's more being autopilot. intentional. Yeah. It's this autopilot thing. Yeah, black skinny jeans, flats, <laughs> top. Probably my leather jacket. Yeah, that's a, that is your that's yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. So then I, but, but when I see you in your outfits, I think that's Carter. Yeah. So what do you think we're not getting about you when we see you in that outfit every day? Well, I, I would be curious to hear actually like how it's read, like what it, what the signals are of those outfits, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, I read it as artistic like a simple artistic expression. I'm nodding. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's right. That, and that you have subtleties that you will wear like your necklace right now has it's a um it's a little little off centered kind of necklace and those kinds of things feel like very you to me. Mhm. So I'm so curious about this part that we I might not be getting about you. And I hear you saying it's about cre- creativity. Like there's, you're not expressing your full creativity in your clothes. Mm-hmm. You're not taking risks. Yeah, I think it's a risk issue yeah. actually. Okay. Um, I don't. I I think I've gotten more scared of risks in the last decade than mm-hmm. I was before. Mm-hmm. And so I think I see my clothing now as like, well, why can't I wear a satin jumpsuit? I want to. I'd probably wear it out. Maybe, may, but probably not. I wouldn't. <laughs> I, I love would. how you went from, I would wear that too. No, I wouldn't. I would maybe wear it to like a wedding. Yeah. But yeah, I I would like to wear it to work, to be honest. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, okay. I love it. And I love this. You're bringing up something that feels so true and in, in with working with um, clients mm-hmm. um, is around 
how having a style is um, scary because you're putting something out there. So people will take really low risk with with clothing because it's risky to have a style that you're kind of it's kind of a self branding, yeah, you know, and you're you're putting something out there to the world about I'm staking claim about who I am to others through my clothing. So it, there's a lot of risk involved in that. It's a really good way to put it because it it does mean that you're taking up space in a different way. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I've sort of figured out a way to wear something that communicates enough about me. Because like what you said feels true of me, but to not kind of get out of the box too much. Like mm-hmm. don't take up too much space. I don't want anyone to say like, oh my God, you, you're wearing this totally different thing today. You're five inches taller. You know, I like, I don't want anyone to notice that. Mm-hmm. So it is, it's, it's, it's a risk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's this, this, there's a conforming, it's versus conforming fashion versus confident fashion. Mm-hmm. And I hear you sort of not wanting to, not wanting to be noticed too much mm-hmm. in your fashion. Is that true? Correct. Okay. Unless at a wedding. Unless you're at a wedding. Yeah. And you're if, the... I, if I'm going to go out for a special occasion, that's it. Okay. Otherwise day to day, no way. Okay. But so then what would it look like to have confident fashion, express yourself confidently through your fashion? That's a good question. Um, I think that I would be wearing some probably quirkier things sometimes. I don't think I'll be someone that wears a ton of color, um, but I would probably wear a little more color. I would probably change my shoes more than <laughs> once a season. <laughs> um, I, yeah, to be a little bit bolder in um, trying some sort of style that is more contemporary. You know, there is something kind of classic about me in a way. Like I, mm-hmm. I value tradition. I think that that's how that's expressed. But I want to, I want to do some things that are more novel sometimes. So it might be like. That satin jumpsuit. <laughs> Clearly should go buy that one. I know, is. right? Yeah. Okay. So if you, if I was like in a dressing with room with you yep. on a retail therapy outing and yep. I was a client, what would you do with me? Well, with this? Um, I would be out in the store looking for stuff that fits what you're describing. You know, this quirky, more color, bolder classic I would be pulling stuff that I haven't typically seen you in mm-hmm. and sounds like sizing isn't an issue for you so I probably wouldn't cover up the sizing so we would just bring in a bunch of stuff and push you to or nudge you anyway to try <laughs> things that you don't typically try and just see what it feels like because really I mean I think of style as knowing who you are in a lot of ways right and it sounds to me like you you know who you are but there's something getting in the way of fully expressing it fully expressing it with clothes Yes, I think that's true. Yeah. I think that's true. Yeah. Another question I have is about, you know, sort of being overly conscious of what your clothing is communicating. Mm-hmm. I'm wearing a shirt today, actually. This is a black and white shirt from Anthropology. It's mostly black with the, like, white detailing. And from afar, it felt like me. And now on my body... There's something about the fact that it's like got this stitching and this embroidery that doesn't feel like me. Mm-hmm. And I would like probably never wear it again. Mm-hmm. I would get kind of dramatic about it. So mm-hmm. <laughs> to be honest, like, okay, one thing doesn't feel right, you know. Then it's done. Then it's done. Yeah. So is there sort of a middle ground around both like really wanting to find style and individuality, but then also maybe finding 
like you got to wear something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> a middle ground be- between uh, self-expression through clothing versus just feeling comfortable in what you're wearing yeah. and not self-conscious. Yeah. I mean, I think it's such an important part of all of this because really, if we don't feel good in our clothes, that's that will get communicated, mm-hmm. right? So it's a lot about how we feel when we're wearing a particular item, mm-hmm. how we feel within within that item. Because I know some days I will wake up and feel like I don't want to go through this day. This is I'm dread- dreading. And then I'll, I'll say, okay, go opposite to that feeling and pick out an outfit that takes me to another place, mm-hmm. you know, or this item reminds me of this particular this experience well like today I was kind of I was feeling a little more like oh you know and I picked this dress out which is this red and black striped um, dress and it was it's different than how I was feeling in that it just has more a lot more color and vibrancy and yet it's really comfy I love I have three of the same dress in different (laughs) colors (laughs) in different colors because it just feels so it just feels like comfy and it feels like me and if and today I, I picked the red one rather than the other two <laughs> because I felt like it was bringing more yeah more excitement sort of to to my day and it made me you know putting it on I felt different about my day hmm. and I hear you saying you put your shirt on and it's make it's going the wrong direction like you're feeling yeah like it's not it's not helping you feel. <laughs> Yeah, I like it better under my leather jacket, but it was hot, so I had to take it off. Yeah, right. Yeah, which, you know, I mean, that sounds so picky, but I also, I know that in working with clients, there I feel like I've encountered so many different rules that I've heard clients say around um, maybe not the way that their style's articulating something about them, but maybe the way that their clothing is um, presenting their body in a really particular way. Mm -hmm. So maybe it's not like, I'm okay with embroidery if it's mixed with leather, like that feels, you know, I could relax maybe, but like I'm not going to wear this sort of top unless I always have a jacket over it and no one can see, you know, mm-hmm. my hips. Mm-hmm. You know, that would be sort of a rule that I hear with clients more often or sort of dressing and hiding. Mm-hmm. More of the cover up. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And when at retail therapy, I wouldn't assume that someone necessarily wants to cover up, that there's this... Uh, that they're trying to look differently than who they actually are. So that's part of the frame that we take with us into retail therapy is just, Mm. you know, how do you want to express yourself? I don't make the assumption that the person wants to look thinner in their Mm -hmm. clothing or cover up a particular area because that area may be their beloved area and have some import to them. That's such an important thing to say because I know it's, it reminds me of sort of seeing different style guides or different, um, you know, makeover shows or something, and and they say, you know, dress your body, figure out how to dress your body type. And more often than not, that actually means, like, figure out how to hide your problem areas, problem areas in quotes, like, okay, are you pear-shaped? You know, you're going to need to hide those hips or something. And it's not actually about dressing you. It's about hiding you. Right, right. It's about finding the way to make you look the thinnest, given your body type, rather than you feeling free in your clothes and feeling like you, this is a fit, good fit for you or something you like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Carter, I think we should go out to a store and do this together. And I can help you figure out who you want to be in, with clothes okay. in this current updated self. Okay. 
I feel nervous about that. Okay. I feel shy about it, but I feel really excited at the same time. Okay. I'm excited. So we'll do that next time on the podcast. Yeah, let's do it. We'll bring everyone along with us. Yeah. Oh, yeah. In the meantime, I'm I'm curious what we might, like for all those people that are going to be coming with us to the styling session that we'll do, yeah. I want them to be thinking about kind of their own process as well. So yeah. any any thoughts on on what people could be thinking about in their own relationship to style? Yes. So a question I would want you to think about is what would your style look like if you were to fully express yourself through clothes? Okay. And you talked about difficulty taking risks. So I'm I would want you to think about if you if you took fa- fear out of the equation, what would you do with clothes? Okay. Okay. And then the other question, the third question would be um what is the what if you were to fully express um th- it sounds like there's a gap between who you are currently and how you're expressing yourself with clothes. What is that gap? I one thing that I would maybe want to offer as well to people, you know, since maybe I'm not struggling as much around um, sizing, is just to be maybe thinking about what different sizes mean to you. Because mm-hmm. I think that a lot of people will have sort of an assumption around what size 2 means, what size 32 means, what, you know, like kind of how these numbers reflect a certain way of being in the world and whether or not they feel okay about that or not. And so I think I would invite people as well to unpack some of that if they're going to go shopping and sort of try and untangle that web because it's a clothing item that will fit on your body or not. And it's probably better for it to fit. Right. So, yeah. so what, always, no matter what the number is. And we say in um, retail therapy, unnumber yourself. Mm. So start thinking about clothes, not as a particular size, but just as an item of clothing. Mm. I love that. I love that. Thanks so much for joining us for the appetite today. Please join us next week as we actually have a styling session and I put myself on the line a little bit and put myself into Lexi's hands. Um, if you want to follow along with Opal in the meantime, as well as the appetite, you'll find us on Instagram at Opal Food and Body, um, on Twitter and Facebook as well. Thanks so much to Jack Straw Cultural Center for sound engineering, to Aaron Davidson for our music, and our production partner, Large Media. Large Media.